your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 19th, 2021. Your boy Q here, and uh, still talking about the Raiders' victory over the Denver Broncos, improving to 4-2 and two on the season. They got the 34-24 win on Sunday, and I've said it multiple times that I felt like the game wasn't even as close as the score, but the score is the score. So, a uh, big win for the Raiders on Sunday, and now they have a big opportunity coming up on Sunday against the Eagles, who are coming to town 2-4 and four on the season, and I know their record doesn't look good on paper, but still think they're a better team. Think they're going to give a lot of uh, competition. They're going to give a tough game to the Raiders, but uh, definitely a game that the Silver and Black have an opportunity to win and go into the bye week at 5-2. and two. And then all of a sudden you're thinking about, man, they're cooking with grease. Then they come out of the bye week and they got the Giants on the road, and the Giants aren't a very good team either. And again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I say that to everybody on the show all the time. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. But boy, the Raiders have a big-time opportunity. Can they can they bottle that energy? Can they bottle that that rally that they had around each other? Can they continue to have that throughout the course of the season, or was that a one-week type situation? We'll see as the season goes on. Again, coming up this week, they got the Philadelphia Eagles, and we'll start to turn the page to the Philadelphia Eagles coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, today, still kind of talking about that victory over the Denver Broncos. So coming up on today's show, a matter of fact, before I tell you about today's show, I do want to thank everyone for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Lockdown Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms. And also, this episode is being brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. And I say that you know the number, but a lot of folks hit me up on Twitter all the time, at your boy Q254, and say, Q, what's that number? How do I call in? How do I text in? 707-654-4693. Coming up in segment number two, I had a really good interview, I think, with Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champ for the Raiders, just kind of recapping what he saw as far as the Raiders and their offense goes and talk about their defense, talk about Rich Bisaccia. We had a really good conversation, I think. So I'm going to bring you that conversation. I don't bring that to you every single week, but this one in particular I thought was a very good one. Really broke it down. Talked about the interim head coach. Talked about the defense. Talked about the offense and Derek Carr. Talked about the leadership on the team. It was just really good detail. Probably about 10 or 11 minutes. So you'll hear that conversation coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as I always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Off top, wanted to talk about a couple of Raiders, Pro Football Focus. They put out some stats and some graphics that I thought were particularly interesting. And uh, one or a couple of them actually was about Mad Max Crosby, who's having an outstanding season. Now, I know he only has five sacks so far, which is good. Leads the, the team in sacks, but doesn't lead the league in sacks. He does lead the league in pressure. So Pro Football Focus, they put out a graphic saying, it's time to put some respect on Max Crosby's name. Pass rushing grade, 92.2, which is first. And I always say that pro football focus is not the end-all, be-all, but it gives you a good idea of how a player is performing. Again, it doesn't tell the whole story, but it does tell part of the story. So right now, first and pass rushing grade, 92.2. Pressures, 
43. Again, leads the league in that. And then the Raiders put out a sack stat as far as uh, players on their team through the first 38 career games since sacks became an official stat in 1982. So it goes like this. First 38 career games, Anthony Smith, 34 and a half sacks. Max Crosby is next with 22 Khalil Mack is third with 21, and Greg Townsend, who is the all-time sack leader for the Silver and Black, is fourth with 20 and a half, and then Bill Pickle with 20. So Max Crosby is sitting there as second. Anthony Smith, he just knocked it out of the park with those 34 and a half, but sitting there second is Max Crosby, and of course Khalil Mack, who everyone knows was the last end-all be-all as far as pass rusher, is sitting there in third with 21. How does Max Crosby continue to develop and work and get better? Well, he just continues to do what he does. You know, I mean, that guy is really locked in. I've been saying this is training camp at preseason. You could tell that that dude came to camp with a sense of purpose. Uh, he has a different outlook on life this year. I don't have to go and rehash all that, but Mad Max Crosby, man, you got to give that guy a lot of props. Fourth round draft pick, putting up big numbers as far as sacks and pressures go for the silver and black. Another pro football focused stat that dropped on Monday that I thought was pretty impressive was uh, Casey Hayward's stat. Most cover snaps without allowing a touchdown this season. Casey Hayward, 237. This has been a really good signing for the Silver and Black. Remember, he signed late in the offseason. One-year deal, veteran minimum, coming off of a season where he played very poorly with the San Diego Chargers, with the LA Chargers, excuse me. But man, he's had a career resurgence. He's really played well. Uh, he's been the best defensive back that the Raiders have had. Uh, signed at a minimal deal, and it's just really led the way. He has led the charge as far as that defensive backfield, and man, if the Raiders had a couple of Casey Haywards, they'd be almost locked down, right? He has been balling out of control. 237 cover snaps without allowing a touchdown. I remember, it took him a few games before he even allowed a reception, and then the one reception, the first reception he allowed was that uh, that game against Miami when Jalen Waddle caught in the end zone, and he got him for a safety. So the very first catch that he allows, he ends up getting the guy down to the ground for a safety. So uh, Casey Hayward's been a nice addition on that defensive side of the ball for Gus Bradley and company and has gone a whole lot of snaps, 237 to be exact, without giving up a TD. Also on Monday, interim head coach Rich Basaccia, he met with the media there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in Henderson. And I'll tell you, there's only three of us there. It was me, Hondo Carpenter, and Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, we were all there. We were the only three there to talk to Basaccia uh, because everyone else was flying back from Denver. But it was kind of cool. We got a little bit of one-on-one -on -one time almost with them and were able to ask him whatever questions we wanted to. So I wanted to bring you a few sound bites to what Rich Basaccia had to say on Monday in his media session. Uh, first one was about the excitement level of watching Max Crosby go out there and perform each and every week, especially the way that he's playing at such a high level. Yeah, extremely exciting to see how he's playing. It's not a surprise to anyone because we've all got a chance to watch him practice and mature over the years that he's been here. Um, we loved him coming out of the draft, and he's, he's had a big influence on me as well. Um, a lot of things that he's gone through and conversations that we've had, they've helped me grow as a man. They've helped me grow as a, a father and a husband, and I know he's doing that with a lot of other guys, him and Darren Waller, the story they have, the people they're helping. Um, it's inspiring to all of us. So he's, he's uh, awful kind with his words, but he's done it to me um, as much as I may have done it to him. So when Rich Basaccia was asked about him, they mentioned that Max Crosby had said that Basaccia had played a major role in his life. So that's why he said, hey, he's got some kind words, but everything he's doing or I've done for him, he's done for me as well. And then sticking with the pass rush, Basaccia was asked how much that has helped the overall success of the defense because, of course, that defense led by Gus Bradley and company is night and day compared to what we've been seeing of the Raiders defense in past years. So how much has that pass rush, the fact that they're able to get home with the front four, how much has that helped the overall effect of that defense? 
chance. Certainly. We, you know, obviously some key acquisitions in free agency, getting Yannick and, and um, certainly getting Q and, and Solomon. And, and they're, uh, they're a great group together, and we're just building off of what we had to some degree. But those guys have added not only a um, – a veteran dimension, but a, uh, a size and a quickness and of a, a um, urgency to practice and an urgency in meetings. And they do everything right in the weight room. So I think they've given us a little bit of an identity up front of what it's supposed to look like from walkthrough to meeting to practice now into the game. And uh, they feed off of each other. So I, I think it's been a, a good identity for us as we go forward on defense. So those rotations that Gus Bradley talked about quite a bit in the offseason and preseason that he wanted to make sure that defensive line got after the quarterback in has been paying off in a major way. And it doesn't really matter what four are out there. They've been finding ways to get to the quarterback. And that's kind of what Rich Passaccia was talking about there. And so I asked him about sacks and turnovers, how they just come in bunches. And that's a philosophy that I've heard from defensive coordinators and coaches in general for years on top of years on top of years. So I asked him if he subscribes to that philosophy as well as the Raiders came away with five sacks on Sunday and four turnovers. Yeah, I think that's Coach Marinelli and Coach Bradley. It's constant about not only the sacks come in bunches, but the turnovers come in bunches. You know, we went a few weeks without a turnover. All of a sudden, we come up in a plus-four category, multiple sack uh, game that Max went through, and then the big sack in the fourth quarter by Q was actually big help to us as well. And if you look at the games that they're running, you, you, you can't discard what Yannick's doing on the outside. He, he takes a lot of attention. So I think it's it's their group. It's Coach Marinelli. It's Coach Bradley. Everything comes in bunches, right? So we um, I think they're just kind of living off of that and feeding off of that. So there's Coach Basaccia right there giving credit to everyone but himself, Coach Marinelli, Coach Bradley, the players along the defensive line, and a lot of guys out there with a lot to prove, and they've been doing it this year. Last year, the defensive line, they had 16 total sacks. So far through six games, the defensive line has 15 and a half sacks. So clearly, they're really really doing a better job than they did in 2020. And that's a lot of credit to Unique Ngakwe, who's taking a lot of attention, has given a lot of credit to Max Crosby. You got Jonathan Hankins. You've got Solomon Thomas, Darius Phylon. I mean, you got all kind of different players. Uh, You got Q Jefferson that he was talking about. I mean, all these cats are out there doing what they do and getting after the quarterback and putting that pressure on the quarterback. And that is paying off in a major way. So my final question that I asked Rich Basaccia on Monday was how beneficial is it for him to have so many former head coaches on the staff? Tom Cable, former head coach. Gus Bradley, former head coach. Rod Marinelli, former head coach. So how much does that help him as he's trying to slide into that role as a head coach? Yeah, um, and then, you know, Richard Smith has been a defense coordinator and Edgar Bennett has been an offensive coordinator. And so I think that the unique thing about all those men from my perspective is they have no personal agenda. They have no ego. They understand it's collective. And I think that's what makes um, the players at ease a little bit to understand that we're all really trying to do this thing together. So there is Rich Basaccia talking about the coaches that are on the staff, the former head coaches, and he mentioned have no egos. And I got hit up on Twitter talking about, Q, do you think he was taking a shot at John Gruden? And no, I do not. I do not believe he was taking a shot at Gruden. Uh, He's very good friends with John Gruden. He has a lot of respect for John Gruden. And uh, I I just don't see that happening. I really believe when he said no egos, that means that the head coaches could have all said, the former head coaches could have said, wait, why is Basaccia getting this opportunity when I'm a former head coach? Gus Bradley could have said, hey, I got the coaching experience. I was the coach of the team. Uh, you know, I can see Tom Cable saying, hey, I've been a head coach here with the Raiders. And Rod Marinelli, even though he wasn't very successful as a head coach, he could say the same thing. But what Rich Basacci 
Garcia, in my opinion, was saying was, hey, we're all working on this together. They don't care what their titles are. They just want to go out there and win games. That's how I took it. So you could take it another way, but at no means do I think that he was taking a shot at John Gruden because, again, that's his really good friend, a guy who gave him an opportunity to even be a coach in the NFL, and he's got a ton of respect for him. And I don't see uh, Rich Versace being that guy to go ahead and take that shot at him. Final little nugget that I wanted to bring to you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. It was kind of one of those underrated elements of the game that I saw on Sunday that I tweeted out about, and I said, hey, one element of this game I like a lot that I haven't seen a lot is Daniel Carlson is not booting the kickoff out of the end zone. As a matter of fact, he's forcing the Broncos to return it, and they're not even making it to the 25. I thought that that was a big deal, and I haven't seen that a lot. One of the biggest things that drive me crazy is seeing kickers just boot the ball through the back of the end zone and giving 25 yard line to opposing teams because you're not guaranteed that you got to go out there and earn that now I get it if you got a big time dynamic kick returner back there maybe you don't want to take a chance on that but for the most part why not if you believe in your cover team why not make the the other team uh, earn that 25 yard line so uh, Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal he actually asked Basaccia about that in the media session on Monday and here was uh, Rich Basaccia talking about not kicking the ball into the end zone well I thought we we feel like we've been playing pretty well on kickoff the last few weeks we haven't had a lot of attempts at it we've kind of tried to do it where we thought it would be advantageous to us. And I think going up into there, we felt like, again, we were playing good. Daniel knows the stadium pretty well. You know, it had something to do with the wind. We thought we could put the ball a little bit outside the numbers maybe. And uh, the sun was a little bit of an issue early in the game. So that's uh, had a little bit to do with why we did it. But, again, it, field position ended up being good for us. So, yeah, I really thought that that was a very underrated element of the game on Sunday. I think that was something that probably went unnoticed, but uh, it was something that I was paying attention to. And if, if Sam hadn't asked Rich Versace that question, please believe I was going to ask him. Matter of fact, right before I asked him, Sam asked him. So I thought, okay, at least two, two good minds are thinking alike. But uh, I thought that that was a big, important factor. And, again, I never saw the Denver Broncos make it to the 25. So if you can have that kind of control, make them run it out. And if your kick coverage is good, then they don't even get to 25, and then that sets them up in bad field position. So I just think that's something that the Raiders don't have to do every single time, but if they do it more times than not, that's a good situation. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear my conversation I had on Monday with Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champ for the Raiders on Raider Nation Radio 920, talking about what he saw from the game. He really breaks it down, thought it was a good episode or a good interview, so you hear that coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to let you know about McDonald's because this episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast is being brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can go to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Why not? Win or lose is a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can go to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping to on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I'll tell you this, it's always a good place to stop for breakfast. Get that Egg McMuffin or that Sausage McMuffin. Woo! Look out, man. That's, that is my go-to right there. As a matter of fact, speaking of McDonald's breakfast, me and my dad used to go all the time, and that's what we would get. We'd get the Egg McMuffins. We'd get the Sausage McMuffins without egg, or we'd get it with egg. Either way, we'd get a couple sandwiches each, and then my dad, would he'd customize it, and he'd bring in his own slab of Swiss cheese, cut it with a knife, and then, boom, put a piece of Swiss cheese on it, too. I don't know why he wanted to customize it, but he did, and that was kind of the way that we got our day started or sometimes our weekend started, especially when we went on camping trips. So McDonald's was always the hot spot. So right now, if you're headed to Las Vegas this weekend, for the Eagles game, you know, stop and refuel and reconnect at your local McDonald's. Matter of fact, why not have a Locked On Raider podcast watch party? 
It'd be a good get together. I'll invite my dad and we can have some uh, egg McMuffins, some sausage McMuffin with eggs, and he'll slap on that slab of Swiss cheese at the same time. It'll be a lot of fun. And you know, as always, I'm loving it. That's what McDonald's says, right? Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into the conversation I had with Jim Plunkett on Monday on Raider Nation Radio 920. The two-time Super Bowl champ joins me every single day following a Raiders game. Win, lose, tie, it doesn't matter. But I thought that Monday's conversation was a really good one. Obviously, it's the first game with Rich Bisaccia as the interim head coach. And obviously, it turned out really well. The Raiders came away with the victory. So I thought this was a good conversation, a very important conversation to see what Jim Plunkett it saw from the game, the players, the coaches, and all that. So here's that conversation, myself and Jim Plunkett from Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday. Jim, thank you so much for your time as always. And how important was it for Derek Carr to get Ruggs involved and get him in the end zone early and just kind of set the tone for the Raiders offensively yesterday? You know, Ruggs is actually, you know, they're, they're, they're really deep threat as the season progresses. And, you know, it's very important to get him going and, and get that defense a little off off. Uh, off base on on what they're going to do against the Raiders when they come out throwing the football and uh, you know between uh, Ruggs and Waller and, and a couple other guys it was a very good passing day for Derek Carr and you know very well about playing with guys with speed what does that do to an opposing defense when you get hurt and blitzed early like that and give up a touchdown to a speedster like Ruggs well then you're a little I think then they start to play off they're a little conscious about getting deep getting beat deep again and so they don't cover usually as tightly as they normally would because they're afraid to get beat deep and and i think that really set the tone for this game uh, you know uh this past week you know obviously the raiders had a lot of adversity that they were dealing with throughout the course of the week off the field uh what did you see from Derek carr as far as his leadership and obviously his play on the field uh, you know i think he stood up very big you know they lose their head coach uh, who's been with them for a number of years and, uh, you know, I, I think he took control of the situation. I think they looked up to him, and, and they played well for him, and, uh, and they wanted to make a statement that, you know, uh, no matter who's the head coach, you're going to play hard and hopefully come out on top. And I don't know if this ever happened to you, but how, how much of a transition is it when you go from having one play caller in season to another play caller? Uh, you know, it really hasn't happened to me uh, uh, personally, uh, but, you know, I think uh, – you know, there's going to be some changes, obviously. Uh, you know, co- different coaches like to call different things in certain situations. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure they've gone over it with uh, Derek Carr, uh, you know, every day this past week uh, uh, to, you know, to try to get on the same page. Here's what we want to do in the first and ten, third and long, or what have you. And, uh, you know, try to get on the same same page before the game starts and, and then go from there and then you get a feel for the game, see how it's going. And, uh, you know, they'll both have input into what the, the play selection is going to be. And, and, you know, Derek is a seasoned veteran. I'm sure they have a lot of trust in him. Yeah, and the other thing about that is Greg Olson has been with Derek Carr. I mean, he was with him his rookie year. Of course, he went away for a little while but then came back. Right. So he's already familiar with, uh, with Derek and kind of what he likes to do. And the, and the game plan's not changing. This is still the same scheme. It's just every play caller is different. So how much do you think that that really helped that transition? Oh, I think it helped tremendously. You know, Greg Olson knows uh, Derek very well, what he likes to do in each and every situation. Uh, you know, they got along very well over these, uh, the, you know, the times they were together before now. And, uh, you know, I think he has a lot of confidence in Derek and vice versa. Derek has a lot of confidence in Greg. 
Talking right now with Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champ here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. We're live at the Oyo. And uh, Josh Jacobs in the run game, Kenyon Drake, they got going. They were able to do some play-action passing and even came away with a screen pass. We haven't seen a screen pass in a while. Uh, how, how big is that for the offense to really get cooking once that, once that run game is at least a threat? Uh, you know, once that run game is going uh, strong for you, you know, you, there's so many options, you know, with play action, even a straight drop back. But, you know, if you're, if you're running the ball, ball uh, extremely well during the course of a game, you've got those linebackers cheating up. The defensive backs have to come up a little tighter to help, help with a run game, and all of a sudden you play action and they're caught off, uh, off base a little bit, uh, got to go find their guy uh, with a good play action fake. And uh, it makes it a lot more difficult on the, on the uh defense when you're running the ball well. You know, Rich Versace, he's been around the league for a long time, been coaching for a long time, but never been the head coach, and he gets his first opportunity, gets a win. What did you think from uh, Rich Versace, how he managed the game and CEO'd the game? I, th- I think he did a very good job. You know, this is a great opportunity for him. You know, as you mentioned, he's been in the game a long time, and now he's a head coach. Uh, and, you know, he's going to do everything he can to make sure that, uh, you know, number one, he keeps that job as head coach. He's going to like it when he's up there. And, you know, and he's familiar with the players, and that, and that really helps, uh, uh, you know, any offensive defensive unit. When, when you've got a guy who's been there, you, you lose your head coach. Uh, however you feel about it, you know, you've got, you got to play the following week, and who's ever your leader, you've got to follow him to the end. How much do you think it helped the team that they did have a game? You know, it was early in the week when it happened, but they, they were still able to, you know, get things going, and they had another game to play, just get, kind of get on the field and, and, and let everything just clear their mind, just go out and play ball. Yeah, I think you're right about that. You know, uh, without, all, you know, distraction is a distraction, but once that, you know, that, uh, you know, that gun sounds and you start the game, you know, you've got to focus on what you did that week leading up to the game your execution, uh, what you do in each and every situation. And, and uh, they were able to focus and focus very well. You know, it's a pretty good Denver Bronco team, uh, about the same as the Raiders, uh, you know, statistically. And, uh, but, you know, they did a hell, hell of a job uh, moving the football and a lot of passing plays that were extremely important on conversions. You know, uh, not a whole lot of uh, passing by Derek, uh, just 27 times, but he got the most of it with 18 completions. Yeah, he, he really did, and something that I was pretty impressed with was the fact that he threw the ball 27 times, but they also ran the ball 23, so they were very balanced, which, again, makes that defense very unbalanced. Yeah, it keeps them, yeah, right, it keeps them, does keep them off balance. Uh, they don't know if they're going to run or pass, and that's where the play-action pass comes in. And, you know, and I, you know, I, don't, you know I, I think they almost wanted to win this, not only for the, you know, the new head guy in Bisashi, but also for, uh, for Gruden and, you know, uh, you know, they, a lot of them were fond of, uh, of John and, and the job he did, and I think they played hard for both those coaches uh, this past weekend. You know, I, I do as well. I, I really do, and, and I know that Coach was watching somewhere and just, you know, t- enjoying and rooting on the team. I do believe in my heart, and I said this to start the show, he wants his team to win. He wants Mark Davis to hold up on Lombardi. I, I believe that through and through that David, or that uh, Gruden wants the best for this team. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure he does. You know, uh, you know, things happen, and, uh, you know, some of the lines were crossed along the way, but... But you're right. I, you know, I'm sure he feels that way about Mark Davis. Mark Davis gave him a great opportunity, and for the most part, he took advantage advantage of that opportunity and got that team going in the right direction. But you know, unfortunately, things happened behind the scenes, and it was not a good picture. No, no, not at all. And uh, we're talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. We talk about Rich Basaccia getting his first victory as a head coach. How much do you think it helped having Tom Cable, having Rob Marinelli, having Gus Bradley, all those guys have head coaching experience, and they're all on his roster? 
Uh, well, you know, without a doubt, you know, uh, you don't win with a, you know, without great assistance. You know, you're the head coach. You have to oversee everything. You can't be in each and every, uh, you know, uh, part of practice to watch what's going on. But if you have confidence and faith in the guys you around you, uh, you know, that makes your job a lot easier. Josh Jacobs said uh, earlier in the week, matter of fact, I think said it on Sunday last week and said that, you know, the coaches draw up plays. But us players, we kind of coach ourselves as far as we hold ourselves accountable. Uh, is that something that you guys would do in the locker room as well? If there was any kind of adversity, more like look at each other in, in, in their eyes and each other's eyes and just say, hey, guys, we know what to do. Let's go out there and make it happen. I think that's very much the case, especially with you know winning programs. And, and number two, you don't want to let your teammate down. And, and that's a great feeling. You, you, have, you, know, you want to do your job so the guy next to you can do his and, and vice versa. And, you know, it's... It's called a team sport for a reason, and you have to depend on somebody else, and they have to depend on you. And when you have that camaraderie going, that feeling about one another, I think you play a lot better. You know, we had multiple guys on the show last week as guests that said, I think the Raiders are going to rally around this on Sunday and go in and get a victory over the Broncos, which they did. Now, Jim, my question is, how do they take this energy? How do they take that rally that they had in this game and, and, and keep it and move forward with it? Yeah, you know, I think I, you know, I think they bounce back very strong after two straight losses. Then the fire of the coach, a new guy takes over. You know, but you know, I, you know, they're a pretty darn good football team, and I, you know, they got con- their confidence back after that great win against the Broncos. And uh, you know, I think they're going to pull it together. You know, they they had a great uh, offensive explosion. The defense held a pretty good Bronco team down to 24 points. And uh, you know, that's the beginning. And uh, I think they're they're going to rally around each other. You know, I, I almost felt bad for Teddy Bridgewater because he was running for his life the whole game. I mean, he, he got sacked five times. And I think he got hit 17 times. I mean, what does that do to a quarterback when he's under siege like that? Well, he dropped back 49 times. He was under a lot of duress during that whole time. <laughs> he did complete 35 passes. Uh, but still, uh, you know, when you come after him, you know, the, those hits and that running around takes its toll on you. And, uh, it, it, you know, although he had, you know, had a pretty good game because he had very little running game, uh, still, uh, in the end, you know, the Raiders you know, came out on top because of all the pressure they put on Bridgewater. Yeah, and sticking with the defense and the defensive theme, you know, when, when you're in offense and maybe you don't even, you're not clicking on every drive, but you have a defense that keeps getting the ball back for you or, or you know, just, just holding the other team so they don't score, how much does that allow you not to press? Um, you can't win in this league without defense, and uh, you're right. Uh, you know, you get to keep getting the ball back in, in good uh, situations and good field position. Uh, even though offensively maybe you're not off to a great start, uh, but the, the defense uh, you know holds its own, gets the ball back for you. Uh, you know that that's big in, in a quarterback's mind and offensive lineman's mind. Uh, you know, uh, and you, then on the other hand, you try not to let your defense down, so you try to turn those uh, those stops into points. Yeah, well, they sure did. I mean, again, having five sacks and four turnovers, I mean, that was big for a defense, and they just came in bunches, and I guess that's just how it happens. And, Jim, before we let you go, uh, they have a game that's very winnable, in my opinion, coming up this Sunday against the Eagles at home, and then they get a bye. Uh, what, what do you think, what's the feeling of the team right now in the locker room as they prepare for a game that on paper is very winnable, but you still got to go out there and play? Yeah, you know, you can't overlook anybody in this league, obviously. Uh, uh, you know, when you do that, you know, the team with the worst record could knock you off. So, you know, they're happy they won this past game. They, they felt they played better after two straight losses. And I think they're very going to be very much ready for the, this Eagles team that's struggling right now. Yeah, no, they are struggling, and it'd be nice to see the Raiders get a victory and then head into the bye, kind of lick their wounds, get a little healthier, and, and then head to New York against the Giants, who 
kind of struggling as well. Well, Jim, it's always great when we catch up with you. I love talking to you after every game, and you just break down what you saw. So thank you so much. I appreciate you, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks. So there's my conversation right there from Monday with two-time Super Bowl champion Jim Plunkett on Raider Nation Radio 920. Get to talk to him each and every week. And, man, it's a fun conversation. But I thought that was a really important conversation. So hopefully you enjoyed that as well. Would love to get your feedback on that, 707-654-4693. Matter of fact, speaking of feedback, that's coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Again, the number 707 654 Four six nine three. Before I get into that, I want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors. Here are the Locked On Raiders podcast, and the first one is Beachbound.com. In life, we're all bound for different things, right? With Beachbound.com vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe you could be bound for encountering the unexpected. Well, personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar, maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I got a good view, a good drink in my hand, man, I'm happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. I also want to tell you about RockAuto.com. I've been talking about them for quite a while. And, you know, with me and RockAuto.com, the most important thing is you're going to save so much money. You're not going to pay regular price. You're going to save 30%. 50%. Sometimes rockauto.com will find you a way to save 100% off what you'd pay at a chain store or a car dealership. The website is super easy. All you got to do is click on rockauto.com. Whatever parts you need for your car or truck, they'll have it right there. You just punch it in and boom, you easily locate it. You get the price, you buy it, and it's delivered directly to your door. You never have to leave the comforts of your own home. Once the part gets there and delivered to your doorstep, boom. Bada boom, bada bing, you put it on your car and you're good to go. Again, you'll save yourself the hassle and the time. Time is another big thing. If you go to a car dealership, how long are you going to wait to get that part put on your car? A long time. You can go at your own pace when it's at your own house. And they have every part you need for every car that you have. Or can imagine having. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check out how easy it is to navigate through the website. And then while you're there, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? You write the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Then they'll know that I sent you and that I'm doing my job. Again, save a bunch of money, save a bunch of time, and do it the easy way at rockauto.com. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need is all at rockauto.com. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a text from Vancouver, BC, Canada. What's up, Q? Now that's what I call a statement. What a game. Raiders needed a big response for the whole league to see, and they did just that. Defense outplayed a formidable Broncos defense. Crosby feasted on multiple sacks in a swat, and the newcomer facing stepped up big. Three interceptions for the team is no joke. Carr, Ruggs, and Drake, all with strong performances, and the play calling looked less conservative. Super refreshing to see. This team needed to come together in a big way, and they did just that. This win means so much for the players, coaches, and the fans. We're tied for first in the AFC West. Hold your heads up high, nation, and be proud. We got this. Silver and Black Canuck, Vancouver, BC, Canada. And a great text, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I think that that was a game that they needed in a major way. They went out there and got it, and they dominated from the minute that they got off the bus. It wasn't even about just trying to uh, hold on to a victory or squeak out a victory. These guys absolutely went out there and dominated. I've said multiple times, including on Monday's show, 34-24 didn't really tell the story of the game if you didn't see it. The Raiders dominated on all phases. It offense 
defense and special teams. They did a hell of a job. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a call from Grumpy Ass Mexican. He's calling in as a proud Raider fan. He'll explain why. Here he is, Grumpy Ass Mexican. Yo, Q, Grumpy Ass Mexican. What's up, Raider Nation? Yo, Q, I was just thinking, man, after a long week of everything that happened, and us as fans, I mean, if we were this exhausted and this mad, tired of hearing this mad, and this victory is awesome, it's all great, couldn't ask for anything better. And the way we won, that was even better. I'm just, I'm just proud of the team that we have, the players that we have. Because imagine all the stuff that was going on, and they didn't give up. They even fought harder. Man, I love this team. No matter what, I'm always a Raider fan. But this team just made it extra special. Anyways, cute nation. We won. Thank God. It's going to be another great week. On to the next one. Anyways, Grumpy Ass Mexican out. There he goes, Grumpy Ass Mexican. Thank you for the call, my man, short and sweet. And, yeah, I think you should be proud of this team. Everyone should be proud of this team. This team should be proud of the team, by the way, they went out there and performed on the road after the week they had to deal with. Yeah, man, they held it down in a major way. Again, like I said, all phases of the game, offensively, defensively, and also on special teams. Next up, I got a text from my guy Dustin out of West Virginia. Hey, Q. Dustin from West Virginia here. It's been a while, but I still listen to you on the daily and on Raider Nation Radio. Loving all the work you and Vinny and the rest of Raider Nation Radio are doing. My thoughts so far on the game. Just after Drake's second touchdown early in the second half, the offense finally looked like what we have all imagined. Now, I don't know if it's the players rallying around each other or if it's Olsen's play calling, but like McDonald's, I'm loving it. If this is a difference in play calling, I have to say Gru was a problem, and I was one of those that was super excited when he was hired back. But maybe he's just an awesome offensive mind and not a player caller all this time. There are those that could draw up plays, but calling the plays based on the game is a totally different animal. Anyways, I'm just wondering your thoughts so far post-Gruden. That's from Dustin out of West Virginia, and I'll say this. I saw a lot of folks slamming Coach Gruden on Twitter saying that he was the guy that was holding the Raiders back and he was the guy responsible for all the bad draft picks. If you're going to slam him for the bad draft picks, give him props for the good draft picks as well. The guys that all made plays on Sunday, he signed off on them as well. So it's not like he was just uh, all the guys that weren't good players. It was like Gruden guys and all the guys that were good players were Mayock guys. Like, I don't sign up for that. And I said it on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday that I have no doubt in my heart that John Gruden wants the best for this team. And I guarantee you he was sitting somewhere on Sunday watching the game, pulling for the Raiders, probably pulling his hair out as the game was going, uh, as a guy who wants to be on the sideline calling plays. And, yeah, did they need a new voice in Derek Carr's ear? Probably. But also think about this. No defense has had any kind of film on Greg Olson calling plays for the last five or six years. So that was all new. So, I mean, they didn't really know what to expect, didn't know the way he was going to call plays in certain situations. So that's something to see how defenses adjust to Greg Olson. So this week against the Eagles will be a good test because the Eagles have a pretty good defense. They can go out there and make some plays. How will they adjust to the play calling of Greg Olson as opposed to John Gruden where there was already plenty of film on his tendencies? That's how things really get judged. How do you do it the second, third, fourth fifth time down the road instead of just the first time a lot of times the first time you're able to catch guys off guard so uh, I give John Gruden a lot of credit for building this team I said it multiple times in the in the preseason and training camp something about this team feels different is there guys on the on the roster that are whiffs yeah like Damon Arnett he looks like a complete bust Cleve Furl, even though he played and did a pretty good job on Sunday I thought that he contributed he looks like a guy that probably shouldn't have been selected at number four overall I think we've already come to that conclusion there's been guys that are bust in the John Gruden era 
but there's also those guys on the roster right thinking now that are doing a good job and did a good job on Sunday that you got to give him credit for. So, again, I don't agree with anything that he did. It was not right. But what I'll say is that I do believe in his heart he is a Raider through and through, and he really wants the best for the silver and black. And that's all I'll say on that. Thanks so much for that text. I appreciate you. Just got time for a few more. Next up is a call from Ryan in the 505. That's New Mexico. He's calling in to ask a couple questions about the team, a couple players in particular, in Derek Carr and Denzel Perryman. Here he is, Ryan in the 505. What's up? This is uh, Ryan calling from the 505 in New Mexico. Been a Raider fan my whole life. Um, Pretty excited about the start. Anyway, I have a couple questions for you. Uh, a couple what it, uh is it me is it something else uh is it me or does whenever Derek Carr throws the ball deep or like 85 to 90% of his throws seem like they they float and they hang i mean they get there but it just feels like it's bound to get picked like it just hangs up there i don't really see any other quarterbacks throw like that Another one I have is, is it me or does Denzel Perryman just smack bitches, dude? He smacks people. I love it. Uh, he's way better than Nick Kwiatkowski or whatever his name is, you know. I feel like every time Perryman gets around the ball, he's just laying massive wood. And uh, another another thing I, I noticed is that Another, it's another car thing. Uh, when he runs, even when he's only going to gain one yard, he uh, he sticks the ball out. You know, I feel like there's a part of his game when he's rolling, just to take off and gain five or six. Like I just watched Josh Allen, he does it every time. He always gains about three or four. He he once he gets like you know a couple yards from the sideline, he knows it's over. Go get some yards, not. I don't know. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with Carr on a week-to-week basis. So, But anyway, man, I, I love your podcast. I've never called in before. I listen to it at 4 a.m. Keep going, man. Raider Nation, let's go. There he is. New booty caller right there. Ryan in the 505 out of New Mexico. Thank you for that call. And, yeah, D.C. floats that deep ball. But I'll tell you this, man. When he does, when he looks deep and he floats it down there, I always feel good about it because I feel like he doesn't just recklessly throw it down there. I feel like he's going to let it go when he feels like there's a play to be made. So when he lets it go, I'm expecting a completion. And maybe that's me being foolish, but I really do. When he overthrows a wide receiver, I'm like, whoa, that just happened. Normally, he'll put it right there and give the wide receiver an opportunity to make a play, adjust to it. I think that I, I like the style and, you know, allowing a player to to run under the ball sometimes. I think that that's a, a good way that he throws, and I think the wide receivers enjoy it. It's a very catchable ball, but... You know, I understand what you're saying. It does feel like sometimes that someone's going to go make a play. But I think D.C. is looking at the play and knows exactly what he's got, and, and, and he trusts his wide receivers. That's a big thing he's been talking about this offseason and preseason leading up to the regular season. Trust, trust, trust. He trusts those guys that he's throwing the rock to. As far as Denzel Perriman goes, man, he's an absolute monster. He is so good. And when he arrives at the ball carrier, he arrives with bad intentions. He's ready to go ahead and put a hole in your chest. And I like it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly what you want. Now that Perriman is healthy, 
you could see exactly what kind of player he is. And I, I underestimated him. I thought he was going to be a good addition to the team. I thought K.J. Wright was going to be an absolute stud. But Perriman has proved to be the guy. He has proven to be the real deal dude. So, again, that's another roster move that you got to give a lot of credit to both John Gruden and Mike Mayock because they made the they made the trade for Denzel Perriman with the Carolina Panthers, brought him in knowing that they needed him. And, look, he's leading the lead in tackles. So, uh, shout-out to Denzel Perriman. He's doing one hell of a job. Thank you so much for that call, Ryan. Appreciate Next up in the final text of the show is from Emerson in North Texas. What up, Q? This is Emerson from North Texas. Just wanted to give a quick tip of the hat to Derek Carr. For all those D.C. haters out there, his leadership was a huge part of the team's ability to bring things together on Sunday. And if we end up finding more success this season, it will be in no small part due to his leadership. He stepped up when someone on the team needed to. And in the end, that's exactly what a leader really is. The guy who steps up. Love what you do for Raider Nation, Q. That's Emerson in North Texas. And, yeah, you definitely got to give props to Derek Carr. He did some big things. Uh, He talked about it throughout the course of the week that, hey, uh, there's a time to be sad. There's a time to reflect and give your emotions on what happened. But there's also games to be played. And that's the problem with it happening five games into the season. There were still 12 games to be played. So they couldn't just tuck their tails in between their legs and say, woe is me. And, oh, let's get into the offseason so we can figure out what we're going to do. They decided that they were going to go out there and ball out and make the best of it. And now they're 1-0 so far in the post-John Gruden era. And all you're going to ask for is them to go out there and play with the same intensity and the same kind of firepower that they would play with under Coach Gruden. Hopefully they continue to do that with Basaccia. They rallied on Sunday in Denver. Can they rally again on Sunday against Philadelphia at home? Can they go into the bye week at 5-2? and two? Can they come out of the bye week going to New York against a team that's not very good and pick up a W there? Can you imagine them if they were 6-2? and two? Of course, if they are, you're going to hear that conversation. It's like, well, is that late season collapse going to happen or is it not going to happen? But they really do have an opportunity to be 6-2, and two, and I don't like to look ahead. I just like to look at one game at a time. But this game against Philadelphia, very winnable. Then going into the bye week and getting healthy and then going up against the Giants, also very winnable. So it's there. It's there for the Raiders to go get. Can they go get it is going to be the big question. But thank you so much for your text, my man. I do appreciate you. Coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, Jordan Oregon had a good call that I'll get to. Also got a text from my guy Weston in Salt Lake City and uh, more feedback on the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. We'll have more news and notes of the day. There is no media session today, but we will start to turn the page start to look past that win against Denver and look forward to the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. How do the Raiders navigate through the waters? How do they get through this game? What is going to be the keys to the game? We'll start getting into all that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday as leading up to another game, Week 7 action, Raiders in Philadelphia coming up from Allegiant Stadium. So that's all I got for you on today's show. Appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate all the support of the show. Thank you so much for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, it's free and available on all platforms that you can find your podcast on. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, stay safe, stay healthy, take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, do like the Raiders did on Sunday and just win, baby.